0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. I'm your host and Bible guide, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open in front of you today to Genesis chapter 16. It might be helpful to remember here that the Bible is not the story of good guys and bad guys. It is the story of bad guys that need Jesus. D.A. Carson says helpfully here, One of the great features of the Bible is its sheer honesty. Great men and women are portrayed with all their warts. This remains a broken world, and the very best are fallen. This should warn us against untamed hero worship. Closed quote. That's a good word. We've talked about how Abraham is faith illustrated, but that doesn't mean that he is faith perfected. He is faith real, but faith flawed. And we see that in this story. Hear now the word of the Lord, beginning at verse one. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Well, if you're a Bible reader, then you know that it's not a good thing to listen to the voice of your wife over and against the voice of your God. That was the mistake that Adam made you remember that back in Genesis chapter 3, God said to Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Okay, so listening to the voice of your wife in general is a good thing, but not if she is telling you to do something other than what God has said. Now here we learn something very important about human beings and about men in particular men are inclined to make idols of their wives an idol is a good thing that you treat as a god thing an idol is an outsized affection or loyalty so to to be clear it's good to love your wife okay it's good to be loyal to your wife but if you if your love for her or your loyalty to Her eclipses your love and loyalty to God. She has become an idol, and you have become an idolater. Now, that's not just an Old Testament thing. Jesus said this as well. He said in Luke 14, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So Jesus is basically saying there that if your love for father, mother, wife, and children eclipses your love for Jesus, you're not a disciple. In fact, he says, your love for me must so eclipse your love for them that it almost looks like hate in comparison. Old Testament and New Testament, God is a jealous God. He doesn't like it when you treat created things as if they were the creator because he is the creator and he alone has the right to your unchallenged obedience. If your wife demands your unchallenged obedience, she's a stumbling block in your life and you need to work that through. Only God has the right to unchallenged love, obedience, loyalty, and Abraham here gives to Sarai what he ought to have given to God. Now, we should probably also notice that what Sarai suggested here was not illegal or sinful per se. In in fact, this is exactly how Jacob ended up with all his kids. He had two wives, Rachel and Leah, and two concubines whose sons were treated in a secondary but legal sense as the sons of their mistresses. So, I don't think we could say that this is existentially bad. It is just terribly unwise. And it is a great regression in terms of the faith that Abraham showed in the promise of God in the previous chapter. God said that he would give Abraham a son. In, In the last chapter, Abraham is resting in that promise. In the last chapter, he is resting in the fact that God has guaranteed both sides of the covenant. But now Abraham is hedging his bets and he is scheming and plotting rather than resting and trusting. So here we see that sometimes faith is two steps forward and one step back in terms of strength and progress. Verse 3 continues the story. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abraham, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. Here we learn that there is more to life than just right and wrong, sin and not sin. As as we said, this wasn't unlawful per se. Jacob increased his family in this this manner without incurring any judgment from God. So what Abraham does here is neither illegal nor unlawful unscriptural per se, but it is terribly unwise. It introduces rivalry and tension into his home. It compromises Abraham as a leader. He comes off as weak, and he makes a pathetic attempt to wash his hands of the whole matter, and he fails to protect a vulnerable member of his household. So this this is not a good episode. Nothing good comes into your family through idolatry And compromise. Mark that down. Verse 7 says The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. Now here we see the kindness and the gentleness of the Lord as he watches over the disregarded person. Even though she will not bear the child of promise, she will nonetheless receive a blessing and a great mercy from the Lord. Verse 11 says, And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant. And shall bear a son, you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. Here we learn that our lack of faith and our idolatry have long term consequences for ourselves, for our families and even for the world. Through his lapse of faith, Abraham has introduced tension into his household and conflict into the region. The offspring of Ishmael will be in perpetual conflict with the offspring of Isaac. The Arabs and the Jews are still fulfilling this prophecy 3,500 years on. I'm sure Abraham didn't realize the full scope of consequences associated with his moment of weakness and bad judgment, but Such is the world. We cannot anticipate the consequences of our own actions and decisions. That is why we should not trust our own judgment. That is why it is always better to trust in the word of the Lord. There is a life lesson in there for all of us. Verse 13 goes on to say, So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, Truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. Well, here we see an illustration of common grace and perhaps more. We we can't say for sure what all Hagar knew and believed about God, but the text indicates a few noteworthy things. She knew that God was no mere household God. He was the God who sees. Even when we run away, he sees. And he is the God who cares. He looks after me. He has a heart for the vulnerable and the rejected. We also knew know that she knew God as the God whose word must be obeyed. She did what he told her to do. She went back to the household of Abraham. She also knew that he was a God who was blessing Abraham. She knew that if she wanted to continue to experience his blessing, then she needed to return to where those blessings flowed. Verse 15, and Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. This episode is clearly a step back for Abraham, and yet in the sovereignty of God, it also advances the plan in a providential and mysterious sort of way. Derek Kidner puts it this way. He says, This chapter marks another stage in eliminating every means but miracle towards the promised birth. I like that. Sometimes failure focuses us further on the promise and power of God. God is never the author of our bad decisions, but he does know how to use them for our good. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to Into of the Word. If you're interested in additional resources or previous episodes and series, you can find those over the website at www.intotheword.ca. You can also check us out on Facebook, and I hope you do. We have a growing community of Bible readers over there, and we post daily encouragements and conversation starters. Hope to see you there. And hope to see you again tomorrow, right here for another episode of Into the Word.